Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He is Andy Shea. Andy, I know I'm a week early, but I'm calling it football season. We're ready. We're going to be talking about the team for this season. It's here. It's time for football. Yeah, there's next week is game week. So that's like go time. So we're dribbling, you know, camp ends this week and then you go into a game week next week. So it's here. So let's talk about it. It is here. Before we get started with that, and speaking of the season starting, Andy, next week for the West Virginia game, we are joining with Happy Valley United, the collective for Penn State, and having a tailgate event at the Revel XP lot. If you've never been there, it's incredible. What a great place to tailgate. We're going to have food by our friends at 409tailgateclub.com, some great barbecue. We're going to have great beer from greatergoodimperials.com. You could go check out their beer. Some absolutely great stuff there. Blue and White Wines will be there with their wines. Fantastic selection there. Just going to be a great time. If you want to get your tickets and help the collective, help out the student-athletes, go to happyvalleyunited.com. Look in their About tab. They'll show you events. It'll be there. It'll give you all the information. We look forward to seeing you there and talking some football. All right, Andy. So let's us talk some football. The season getting ready to start. I thought now would be a great time to take a look at this Penn State depth chart. Let's go through the entire uh, positions. We'll start with the offense. We'll go in at least two deep every position and see where there might be a few question marks. Let's start in a place that I don't think there's any question marks, Andy. At quarterback, we have a defined one, two, three, don't we? Despite what James Franklin says about there still being a competition. So, yeah, I Penn State hasn't, and James Franklin, they have not officially announced who their starting quarterback will be for the West Virginia game. And as we do this, I think it's just one other quick thing out there is Penn State is one of many, 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 many schools that, and I don't really get it. They don't release a quote unquote depth chart anymore. So there's nothing official, but this is their depth chart. We are going to look at it and it will be the guys you see playing against West Virginia, but at the quarterback position, maybe they've done it inside their own four walls and have, you know, sort of, you know, leverage the practice snaps and the time and sort of you could, you know, who's going to be the leader of this offense at the quarterback position starting in the West Virginia game. And it just hasn't been announced publicly. I, I think there's good value in it, but at the starting point, we're starting with, you start with Bo Prabula, you start with, uh, who's that other guy's name? <laughs> yeah, the five-star kid. The, the so five-star I, guy? Would that be Drew Aller? I'm just joking. And then you've got the freshman, um, 
you know, Smolik, you've got a freshman yeah. quarterback, Jason Smolich, who, you know, when I look back at the picture day and some of the videos and stuff from earlier, right before camp started, I'm like, it's amazing how he kind of looks like a freshman, kind of like Bo Perbola did last year a little bit. And while Bo and Drew don't look like freshmen, the five-star is going to be your starting quarterback. Um, there's a problem if he's not. It has to be injury, but he's ground zero for this team in terms of when everyone talks about Penn State, everybody talks about Drew Aller and the quarterback and, you know, first-year starter and all this talent. So he's ground zero. He's ready for it, but we'll see if he's really ready for it. I, I still going to give him – you've got to give him a month to sort of work away in as a starter without, you know, making any snap judgments. But he's got some help around him. He's got an offensive line that's got plenty of salt and pepper. He's going to need it. He's got the two running backs. He's got some good tight ends. He has plenty around him to help him. So I think I think he's important, but I don't think he's the most important guy on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, and uh, just one thing to point out. Due to Jim's doctor's appointment, we're recording this a little bit earlier in the week than usual, Andy. So if they do come out and announce Drew Aller as the starter, that is why we're still saying it hasn't been announced yet. Okay, Andy, let's get through a couple of these quickly, the ones that are obvious. Let's go to tight end. Again, I think we're going one, two, three pretty quickly there, aren't we? I'm sorry, I missed which one position. Tight end. Tight, oh, tight end. Yeah, this one, this one's this one's bone dry easy. It's gonna be it's gonna be Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, and Khalil Dinkins. I think you'll see more Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren through the first twelve quarters, eight, twelve quarters of the season. I think they have some they'll have some situations where they'll insert Khalil Dinkins. They don't need him to step into a role of any kind, shape, or form as the third tight end with what they have already have in Johnson and Warren. And I say that from, you know, injuries always matter. They don't need him to make this offense go. They've got two guys who are perfectly capable of filling every want and need, which kind of, you know, gives Penn State the ability to, to bring – and use this freshman as where his tools and assets are best. They are going to use him. There's no doubt about it. And I think you'll see that progresses, you know, experience matters until real talent shows up. And if his talent starts showing up at a level that threatened the playing time of, of uh, Johnson and Warren, that's Johnson and Warren's problem, not Dinkins problem, but he's got all, he's got everything you could want. And I think he plays this year. His role will be defined on how much he makes them sort of work into a position of we have to get this kid on the field at the tight end position. But in the number one and two slots, boy, Penn State's better than most, Jimmy. That's just the way I look at it. I think they are, Andy. And the couple things there, one thing I'll disagree with you about Dinkins not playing so much in the first 12 quarters or so based on who they are going to play against in those first couple games, you know, like Delaware, I think that's the time you do play Khalil Dinkins and we'll see him. 
I do think also that number three tight end was the position going into the season. It was in question. We hadn't seen enough of Dinkins, but all the praise he's been getting in camp, it solidified. I know a lot of folks have been talking up like Andrew Rappelier, who's the true freshman who did not come in in the spring, so it would take him a while to catch up, but I think Dinkins has solidified himself there. All right, let's let's now hit start hitting. Well, let's get to running back first. I was going to say we'll go to the positions where there's a lot of question marks. Running back, another one with no question marks. It's pretty easy. You got one A and one B. Nick Singleton, Katron Allen. If there was any interest, it's in number three where the candidates are. The transfer, Trey Potts. Came from Minnesota, has a starting experience in the Big Ten. Going in, I thought, automatic, he's number three. I would assume he's still the solid candidate there, although they are saying a lot of good things about London Montgomery and Cam Wallace, the two freshmen. Yeah, they. I think they, you know, when it comes to the true freshman running back, again, it's to me it's like the tight end. Trey Potts filled a sort of he provided Penn State with a lot of safety net at the position so they can talk up the freshmen I'm okay with that but I think Penn State's better off if none of those two are playing this year to be honest on any regular basis I just I don't think that they're I don't think they're Nick Singleton and Katron Allen a year ago by any way shape or form and that I'm not knocking them I just think they have more gaps to close. And I don't think they really are ready to be in that role. I think the safety net that Trey Potts provides really gives Penn state uh, uh, some really good options. And, you know, when I look at the running back and we know who the one and two are, and we know what they can do. And it's exciting to see the next level, the balance of how they kind of use one a and one B was Dead solid, perfect, I would say, almost last year. Like, you never saw any, like, why isn't he in the game? Or why is he playing and he's not? You never felt that with the two. That's a credit to the two, but it's also a credit to how you manage the ball and make them both relevant. That will be an important proposition again this year because there's two of them. And they're different, but in terms of production and how they impact the game, they're both the same, right? So... That's going to be another thing that I will keep an eye on, you know, through the first quarter of the season is, are, are they able to do that? Are they able to balance them well? And both have proven that they can handle that role well. All right, Andy, we've got about a minute and a half left, which probably isn't enough time. So we'll continue it in segment two. I'm going to go to the wide receivers. And James Franklin has talked about this position a lot. He's been asked about it a lot. It seems pretty solid who the first two are in Keandre Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace. They've separated themselves from the pack. But number three and the rest of the pack, that's where this position gets interesting. Yeah, we'll talk about it more in quarter number two. But I think James Franklin and his staff and – Penn State fans aren't surprised and are by this in any way, shape, or form. It has played out to some degree, but it hasn't played out during camp. 
enough for James Franklin to provide sort of the clarity. He's continuing to challenge and he's not dancing around wide receiver questions, but he's not able to provide more clarity or more insightful answers because he's not seeing it. And it might be, you know, they have, you know, however many, 12 guys, it might be they have to go six, seven deep and do that on a somewhat consistent basis early, despite knowing who your first two guys are before you, they can start to figure anything out in terms of, okay, who's the top three or four. That just might be the way it continues to go into the season, Jimmy. We will pick this up in quarter number two. There's a lot more to say about the wide receivers and every other position. We're starting with the offense. We'll get to the defense after that. Stick around. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Andy. I'm Jim. We are talking depth chart ahead of the start of the Nittany Lions season next week. We got through a good part of the offense when we left you after quarter one we were talking about the wide receivers and Andy uh, James Franklin has talked about Keandre Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace kind of separating themselves and you talked in terms of it might take a few games at least for this to all shake out and I agree and is not wide receiver a position that kind of lends itself to that I don't know just 
there's three wide receivers that can play at the same time, three starters typically. And you have over a dozen guys who are candidates to be out there on the two deep. And so to try to get a feel for this, I think is a difficult position to do that. Yes. Now, I think one of the stories going on in at the in the wide receiver room is Dante Cephas has transferred in the Penn State. When that announcement was made, I think the assumption was he would be a 1A or 1B type, and that hasn't happened yet. And I know we talked about this previously where you think it's just a matter of time. I'm not quite as sure, Andy, because there are so many other candidates there. Is any one of those other candidates going to step up? Oh, Jimmy, I think you're going to need at least 100 passes to start maybe figuring that out into the season, to be honest with you. But, I mean, I'm looking at it position by position. So I'll start with Dante Cephas. I think he got off to a slower than expected start, but not surprising. Like, he's listed – you see him at either receiver – sort of in the depth chart mix. I just think he, he's the one to me that's going to, with his production, as as soon as he gets himself caught up and confident and, you know, so, sort of have a full understanding of the offense where he's not making little mistakes that are just a matter of him not being part of Penn State, I think, I think he's the guy that will help. Will, he has the greatest opportunity to emerge. A couple surprises as I look at the wide receivers, obviously Keandre Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace. You, you talked about they're, they're going to be the two main guys when you take the field against West Virginia. I think seeing Liam Clifford ahead of Caden Saunders sort of in, in the slot position as you're looking at 2-3 in, the, in that position only, I say good for Liam because as you know, Caden probably has more natural gifts and tools in his toolkit. And Liam Clifford has made himself sort of stand out to be on the heels of Keandre Lambert-Smith. He will get snaps. He's going to be one of those guys in the mix. I think both of them will see time. But, you know, as as we're seeing it right now, Liam would go above Caden. That's That says more about Liam than anything else to me, and that's a good sign coming out of the wide receiver room. Trey Wallace at a receiver. You've got Malik Meg in there, and Dante Cephas, Cephas are listed. Those are your one, two, threes. I think that one receiver is a good, I'm comfortable with that. It's the other receiver where we're starting with Amari Evans. Then you've got Malik McClain. And then you've got Dante Cephas listed again on the, you know, sort of this, you know, what they know and what they're hearing depth chart. And that's not a position that I sort of think Penn State is comfortable with right now. And I think that, is where the rubber's going to meet the road, is who is the 3A? We've got the 1A, we've got the 2A. Who's the 3A? Then you can start figuring out the Bs. The 3A is the most important part of this Penn State picture, and the rest will fall into place. I still don't think this is going to be a bad group of receivers. Do you, Jimmy? I don't. No. And Andy, I, I think... I think it's going to be Omari Evans is the name that we hear most as the number three. And I'm going to assume when they take the field, he'll be the, the number three 
part of that first, the first time there's three receivers on the field, Omari Evans will be one of the three. Dante Cephas is the threat to that. Then I think it's just who will fill out the two deep. And we've heard some good things about Caden Saunders coming on. We've heard about Liam Clifford. And I think you mentioned both of those guys as potential slot guys. And they bring completely different skill sets to that position. And it may even be just a matter of what you're looking for and what the play call is to determine which of those two you see. And I think the Maliks then are, you know, kind of the wild cards. Malik Mega, who returns, and Malik McLean, who came in as the transfer from Florida State. They're both different kind of receivers than what you have in the rest of the room. They're much bigger. How much of that do you want to see? And, you know, it's the old, hey, I'd rather have a good big guy than a good little guy. And that's what the two Maliks offer. But are they at that level where where they can make a difference? Have they shown that yet? All right, Andy, that means it's now time to talk about the offensive line. There's probably more enthusiasm for this group than there has been in years. And if we take a look at what we think of as the default starting group from left to right, Fashionu is your left tackle. We know that. We know that. That's That's set in stone. You move to left guard, well, the assumption had always been Landon Tengwall. Issue is he's been, has bumps and bruises, according to James Franklin. Is that, uh, you know, is that code for one of his legs is ready to fall off? (laughs) We don't really know. Go to center, it's Norzad. Uh, At right guard, we assume Sal Warmly. At right tackle, Caden Wallace being a challenge with Drew Shelton. I'm not sure the starters are all that interesting, Andy. I think we know what we're going to get there. But it's who among the backups are, are going to play or challenge someone among the starters? So I think you start at the reserves on Penn State's offensive line. For me, I start with Drew Shelton. Played some last year after Olu got hurt at left tackle as a true freshman. I thought he performed well. I will say well. Uh, Beyond good. I thought he performed well. Yeah, did he have some gaps and some holes and a few little things happen here and there? Yeah, but generally speaking, for a true as a true freshman, rock freaking solid. So he played left tackle as a true freshman. They they clearly needed competition to help Caden Wallace at right tackle because he's just not performing at the level he should be. And they keep putting him out there and he keeps sort of, you know, coming up just a little bit short. So they make him move and see if he can play right tackle. He's fine. Now I think he provides them depth at both tackles. I think you see him at right tackle, obviously, before you're going to see him at left tackle. But when you've got your two tackles and then you know you have a third tackle, and that third tackle can play either position, and you're comfortable with that. And I think Penn State is comfortable with Drew Shelton. They should be. Um, I think that's a a big part of where this offense is going, is strength at the tackle position. Definitely more depth there just by having Drew Shelton play last year when Fashna was out injured, and he's getting reps, I think, at both left and right tackle. So he's probably the next man up. Yep. On on either side. 
And the interior of the line, Andy, I do think it also gets a little bit interesting, partially because of Tangwall's health. Might J.B. Nelson be a guy who will be pushing for reps there? And on the right side, Warmly's been pretty consistent, but Vega Ioane is getting a lot of love. And this is a kid who's 350 pounds, Andy, and he's pushing for playing time. Probably the biggest concept here, Andy, is that you have a little bit more comfort level this year with the depth. If there is an injury or someone not playing up to standards, you have somewhere to turn. Yeah, the you might see J.B. Nelson against West Virginia at left guard if Landon Tengwall doesn't go. I'm pretty sure that's where Penn State will go if he can't start. Um, they're better if Landon can start. We know that. And you're right. Oane has been pushing Sal warmly, but to, he's got Sal's got to lose his job. I think, in my estimation, outside of Olu, the, mo- the most consistent, sort of quiet, consistent performer has been Sal Wormley. It's going to be hard for, for Vega to take Sal's job because – Sal doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's not flashy. He's not like a, you know, a guy that jumps out at you during the game. But there's a lot to be said for how rock solid he is and what he brings to this offensive line and sort of that underrated, overlooked mode a little bit. You just kind of watch the game and you're like, well, what's the right guard doing? You're not really watching. You never sort of end up there. When you see, you know, offensive linemen doing special things, but you also kind of never end up there going, oh my gosh, what the heck is the right guard doing? So, but the depth of that position where you've got a younger guy pushing for playing time, it's going to come. He's going to get some. Um, How much he earns of that elite playing time, that's going to be, I don't think Vega can turn that. I think that's, Vega has said he's made his case in, He's like, I'm right there. And they're like, yep, but Sal's just got a little bit more cooking right now. How Other than that, Hunter Norzad's your center. If he gets hurt, I think that's where Penn State has a problem. Well, the question there is, you know, they've talked up Nick Dawkins a bit as the potential backup there. But with guys like J.B. Nelson and Vega Ioane, who are the backup guards, Are they getting reps at backup center? And is that the potential move, if need be, at center? Yeah, they're going to have plans and options in place. But moving a guy who could play guard and proved he could play guard for this offense and moving him to center because he can play center, that's a big first jump, right? That was their best option was moving Hunter from guard to center. And I agree, and I like it. If he's you know, injured or can't play Penn state sort of in my mind down to a plan C because you're, you really don't have your backup center quote that, you know, the next center in waiting is still developing. He's not ready. And that is the only problem I see on this offensive line in the depth is if Hunter Norzad, you know, goes down, I think Penn state will put somebody there and, and it will be a work in progress. My only question is, you always seem to get that next center from the guard position, and if you have more depth at guard, might that be the the right way to go, bring one of those guys in? 
at least get some reps in practice. But that's it for quarter two. Quarter three, stick around. Your questions, we ask Andy. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. He's Andy. I'm Jim. It's time for Ask Andy. This is where we take your questions for Andy. He'll answer all the questions at the end. He'll select the best question. They'll win the prize package from our friends at 409tailgateclub.com. If you want to send a question in to Andy, real easy, download our app, Keystone Sports. That's all you got to search for, Keystone Sports. Download the app. You'll see the Ask Andy button. You send in your question. All right, Andy, let's start with Rob from Charlotte who says, who do you think will be your favorite players on this year's team? Not necessarily the most talented or breakout star, just a guy you're rooting for. I'm going with Daquan Hardy and Tyler Warren, is what Rob says. Andy, who's going to be your favorite players? So my favorite player, I think, will have... It's a, it's a, That's a good question. So I have a couple Captain Obvious ones, but I'm going to go for one... I'm rooting to emerge, right? Like I want to be watching this guy doing, you know, crazy good stuff in week seven, eight, nine, that kind of thing. And I'm rooting for Theo Johnson. I think he has a really high ceiling. He's been sort of gnawed and nagged a little bit by injuries. He was 
Brenton Strange became a beast and you had to get him on the field and use him in many ways last year. But I, I think one of my favorite guys who I think has a really high upside, healthy and whole, and playing on a consistent basis at the next level he's capable of, it is Theo Johnson at the tight end position. Well, I'll tell you what, Andy, yeah, the spirit of the question is the under the radar type of guys. And there's a lot of those that I root for. Again, the obvious picks. I love Chop Robinson. I love Abdul Carter because I love seeing the defense hit the quarterback. Okay. And I love watching those two guys isolate on them. But I'll give you my two. I'll give you one on offense, one on defense. I want to see Trey Wallace excel at wide receiver. I think I think some of the tools are there. I've mentioned it before. Yep. I'd like to see him emerge. And on defense, there's so many guys to pick from, but I'm going to say KJ Winston. I think he's done a couple things where he could be special, and I've mentioned his name quite a few times a also. Yes. But I want to see something from him. I think he can be a player who does some special things. All right. Oh, our good friend Steve from Potomac, Maryland. Very simple question, Andy. What's your definition of a successful season this year? Um, play for a Big Ten championship. Meaning they win the division? Meaning they play for a Big Ten championship. Meaning they play in the championship game. Yes. I think so, this team is... That is successful. That doesn't. That's not my measurement for expectation. That is sec- successful. Um, it it's a that's a successful season. It's a tough road, obviously, with you know Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all being ranked inside the top ten. That's that's a gauntlet. That's it, one team's going to survive that gauntlet because one team's going to come out of that division and play in the Big Ten championship game. So I think if it's Penn State, that is measurable success, particularly with the level of competition they're up against in those other two teams. Andy, count me among those who's very fearful of the Michigan-Ohio State-Penn State three-way tie. I agree. It's with one loss in the conference. My definition of a successful season will be 11-1. and one which means you've beaten at least one of Michigan or Ohio State. Now, if it turns into a tiebreaker and you don't win the tiebreaker, uh, and I've even seen some people talk about this tiebreaker where, you know, Penn State doesn't win the division, so they don't go to the conference championship game, and at 11-1 and one could possibly even miss the playoffs. I don't care. If they go 11-1, and one, it means they've won one of those games, Michigan and Ohio State, and I think they've gotten over the hump there. All right, let's go to Joseph in Scranton who says, Andy, uh, the question I'm putting on this is, uh, is putting out the starting players each week. How much can that hurt Penn State in the actual game the next day? This is something you hit on, the putting out the depth chart. My challenge is with all the information out about the players, the high amount of subbing, and can you give me one instance of putting out a position, a depth chart that would actually hurt Penn State in an upcoming game? Can you give me an example? You know, Joseph, you're kind of asking me the question that when we 
when we were said we're going to go over the depth chart and I kind of said, well, Penn State doesn't officially release one anymore. I think it's the dumbest thing on the planet. And this isn't a Penn State thing. This is a college football thing. I don't get it. I just, I, I don't see a scenario how it hurts you with how much information and how much, you know, you know, media type, you know, whether it be the written word, video, podcast, there's so much information available and it's an information overload. Where does the depth chart hurt you? I, I, I don't get it anymore because if you played two games, you kind of know, okay, 11 and 11, who's, you know, who started 11, who started 11. So that's our depth chart now. And this guy gets injured and this guy's now in the 11. It's, I don't know how it hurt you, but, and I don't, Penn State wasn't a leader in this. Penn State was just following the crowd and the crowd sort of matriculated to, well, that's a valuable piece of information that helps other teams. You don't think other teams can't get that information already. They know, they know. Exactly, Andy. And I'll kind of argue this both ways in that I don't think there's any problem with putting out the depth chart because we know, but because we know, why do you need a depth chart, right? Now, right. the only thing it does is it kept me from, I used to have the nice printout of the official depth chart. It was nice as I, when I'm watching a game here at home on TV, you know, to have that official depth chart. But, hey, I've seen several outlets that have put out their version of the depth chart. We're here talking about it on our show. I think we kind of know. And in James Franklin's defense, when this came up, when he said he wasn't going to put it out, he he did kind of treat it like, I know it's not that big a deal, but if nobody else is putting out theirs, why right. should we put out ours? I agree if with there's it. any conceivable way it could help our opponent, we don't want to do it if nobody else is doing it. So I get that. I Joseph, just listen to our show. Listen to Andy. He'll tell you what the depth chart is. All right, let's go on to Daniel and Bell Vernon, who says, what level of risk do you think this year's team has with having a mulligan game, he calls it, that could result in a very disappointing loss that would be a crushing blow to a hopeful season? If you think there is a concern, what attributes, qualities, or strengths do you think are present or will need to be developed to prevent this from happening? I think what Daniel's saying here is we've seen this in the past. Penn State has missed the playoffs because of a loss that like a loss to Pitt or a loss to Michigan State. Yeah. This year, we're all making the assumption they're going to win 10 out of 12 games, and then it's going to be about Michigan and Ohio State. What do you think, Andy? Is there another game that scares you that would be one of those crazy games? This team is different. Uh, Daniel asks a really good question. This team is different simply because whole and as it is structured as, you know, with their best players available, they have huge matchup advantages against almost every other one of the teams on their schedule, not called Michigan and Ohio state. And, you know, at the core of it, football is about matchups. And they have so many matchup advantages in many ways, shapes, and form. More on defense than on offense. That's clear. But they have so many matchup advantages 
that it's not like it's a 60-40 game and you have to be aware of, you know, sort of the everything else that goes into it and it being a mental trap game and all of that kind of stuff. They have so many matchup advantages. They're so talented with elite at different levels across the board, not just really good players. We're talking elite type talent. They provide more problems than it being a level playing field. That's why they will, if they lose a game, they shouldn't, it will be because of them. Most likely if they lose to say Maryland or I I can't even think of, you know, who, if they lose to Iowa, for example, the losses are going to be because Iowa came in here and played a perfect football game. And that can still happen for Iowa and Penn state should still beat them because the matchup advantages are that big. Penn state will determine winning and losing except for two opponents because they have such a huge matchup advantage. I agree with you, Andy. They will have that huge talent advantage, but, but we've seen it with some of those other teams. I mean, some of those Ohio state teams have lost to Purdue. All right. These things do happen, but I think you're right. I think this team, I don't think they'll have that kind of letdown. Uh, Let's sneak in Dave from Cummings, Georgia, who says, with the defense doing so well in practice, is there concern that the offense isn't able to complete the plays that they are practicing? I realize it's a small sample set of practices so far. Love the show, and that's Dave in Georgia. Yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't think that hurts the offense. I think it probably frustrates them a little bit going against that defense day after day after day. Over the course of the season, that becomes less intense because it's not three and a half weeks of pure those monsters on the other side of the ball. I think it's more mentally fatiguing than physically problematic in terms of executing and having a good practice. That's just the way I look at it. And you could say the old adage, it makes them better. I'm not sure that applies all the time. It gives them an opportunity to play against the kind of talent they'll face with Ohio State and Michigan. So that's a good thing. And I think also um, the mention of the small sample size, there was the practice that took place in the rain. Not conducive for an offense to put up big numbers when you have that kind of weather issue. So I wouldn't be quite as concerned about it. And obviously, if they're playing well, that also has something to do with the defense being so good. That's who I'm talking about on that side of the ball. All right, Andy, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around. Quarter four, we'll get to the defensive depth chart. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right. Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim. He's Andy. Andy, before we get going, real quick, we need our winner from quarter three. Yeah, it was uh, Robin Charlotte. Who are the asking about the guy who we're suited rooting for is you know one of the guys that could turn into one of our favorite players on this team. Good also question. known also known as our man crushes. All right, very good, Rob. We'll be getting in touch with you about the four hundred nine tailgate club package. Let's get to the defensive side, Andy. We got to go a little quicker than we did with the offense. Let's start my favorite position, defensive end. You've got 1A, 1B, 1C, or actually maybe three 1As with Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Deny Dennis Sutton. The question is, is there even some uh, some plays there for Amin Vanover and Zariah Fisher, right? Barring injury and garbage time, no. It, <laughs> those three can mix and match. They're yeah, no, that, that's it. Defensive end is Chop Robinson, Deesa Isaac, Deny Dennis Sutton. And if anybody else plays, it's it's A, you hope it's garbage time. B, the worst case scenario is an injury to one of them. An injury means the other two are still going to play more. That's They're just that good. They have to be on the field. You know, James Franklin talks about two and a half starters, and he brings up defensive end. And I think that's a good pl- – I think he does have two and a half starters, five guys for two positions. But it's obvious who the first three are. And if it's important reps, they'll get it. I'm probably a little more – hey, we might see some Vanover Fisher a little more than you are. I don't think it'll be just garbage time. And who knows, maybe one of those other guys will move inside on a third and long position. We'll see about that. All right, here's where it does get interesting, Andy. At tackle, they have, counting like five guys that you can put out there in some order, they might just rotate them all and have 
sort of kind of five starters, but are there any guys that you would place, you know, as, as the number one guys? I think Hakeem Beeman uh, is the one who will snap wise probably garner the most because he can mix and match on the inside. I still think it's the four that we know. I put Hakeem Beeman, Devon Ellis, Zane Durant, and Kaziah Izzard. I think those are your four. I think you mix and match them any way, shape, or form that you need to, but I don't think there's a standout. I think Hakeem Beeman sort of has separated himself as the one, in my opinion, who will can be the most chameleon-like and kind of play a little bit of both positions at times and still be productive. So he might get a little bit more snaps, but I think it's it's the four is greater than any one, and I think those four all will play and rotate in different roles. Uh, Andy, there's been so much Jordan Vandenberg talk over the offseason He's absolutely, you know, the monster in the weight room. But it feels like there's been the lack of actual football experience for him than playing time. Agreed. But is this the year maybe that he puts those pieces together and gets on the field, becomes part of, say, a five-man rotation where there are two-and-a-half starters, as James Franklin uh, mentions? It'd be interesting to see. I hope he does raise that level because he is so strong that when you talk about having that one technique or just that guy who could hold down, anchor the middle of the defense, that would be interesting. All right, speaking of interesting, Andy, let's talk linebacker. Curtis Jacobs, Abdul Carter have to be on the field as much as you could get them there. A year ago, the question was about the um, the middle linebacker position, and it was Tyler Elson was first up, kind of 1A, uh, Kobe King 1B. Seems like that may be a little bit reversed. Tyler Elson missed a lot of time in the spring, and it sounds like Kobe King may have uh, taken advantage of getting those reps in practice. Yeah, I still think you're going to see both of them. I think there is, you know, sort of an east-west scenario from the Mike linebacker position uh, that Elson is a step behind King on. You know, in a perfect scenario, you wouldn't have him on the field. Both of them were equally productive last year. I still think both of them are going to play if they're both healthy. Uh, maybe King starts. Elson has starting experience significantly more than King. I still think they're fine at that position. You're right. It's Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter, you know, the two wrecking balls at the Salmon and Will linebacker. And I also think as a as a third man in among those two, I think Dom DeLuca has proven and will and has earned some stripes to get some snaps in certain situations. He will be playing some for this uh, group of linebackers. I truly believe he is the third man in when you're talking about the Sam and Will. Who's the guys that are? Would, who's the guy that would come on the field first for the one of those guys? And I think it's I think it's Dom. Yeah, uh, Dom got a lot of playing time last year. Will probably again this year. And then it's okay. Will we see something from you know Tony Rojas, the true freshman who got so much play Correct. during the off season? Or how about Keon Wiley? Is he going to see the field this year? And I think, Andy, with the linebacker position, 
the biggest variable there is just how Manny Diaz chooses to play them. And, you know, when they take, when it's third and long, is it two linebackers? Is it Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter? You don't want them off the field. Yes. How do they use them? Is there an extra safety? Just how does he shuffle the players at linebacker for those special situations? That will be interesting to see. Okay, Andy, let's move to cornerback. And even I'm going to add, you know, the slot as a starting position. Yep. Think of Kalen King, obviously, potential All-American. I think Johnny Dixon has proved his worth as the second starter for the outside cornerbacks. And Daquan Hardy is your starter at slot when you need that position filled. The question becomes, okay, what then? Do you have Daquan Hardy as like the third outside cornerback if you need, if you have an injury or you need that third guy there? Who else will be there? The question is, how do you fill out that part of the depth chart? So I think Penn State, I think initially they're going to go with what they know at that third corner position. And I think, I think it would, I just think Daquan Hardy has proven his stripes as a slot. Does that mean he can't play cover corner? No, it's not a dark hole for him. So I think he's their best option initially. I still think it can evolve. I like Cam Miller. I think Cam Miller can get himself into one of those, you know, one of those backup spots. But I think initially out of the gate, if you're looking at Dixon and King are not on the field, my guess is that it's pro and it's probably going to be Daquan Hardy. And that would be interesting to see if that's it or if it is Cam Miller. Has he earned his way up to that number three position at cornerback? And Andy, is there a youngster who could prove to be that next guy? They have put young young people out there at cornerback. You know, is Elliot Washington that guy? Is it if you put Daquan Hardy at the outside corner, could you use Elliot Washington in the slot? Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you that Penn State has liberally used younger players at that position. With this defense and what it can accomplish, and what they will accomplish, and what Manny Diaz wants to do. If you've got the goods, and I put Daquan Hardy as part of the goods, who you know knows exactly what it looks like, smells like, and tastes like, I think those young players now have to at least make a case that I'm not going to put Daquan out. We're not going to put Hardy out there as the third corner. We're going to put somebody else and give that young player a shot. I think that's where this defense is at just this season. I'm not saying Penn State overall because they have proven their mettle in developing corners by playing younger guys and playing plenty of them. But I, I don't see the need for that this year with what they have already at the position. Just my two cents. All right, Andy, that leaves us with safety. And, you know, you and I, we talked before the segment about how to handle the defense and, and the depth chart. And it's very different. We we often talk about this during the offseason on other shows that there's essentially 20 starters on defense with the way they rotate people in. I think safety really epitomizes that. 
I look at it as there's four guys that could be your potential starters, and it's 1A, 1B, all the way around that safety. Yeah, I think they have four. Uh, the way I look at it, Jimmy, is they have four starting safeties. I, I, I think any one of those four guys could be a starting safety for 60 or 70% of the teams in the Big Ten. Literally, any one of those four. I think they're going to play for. I think they're going to use for. I think they're going to mix and match and see who sort of emerges as I have to be on the field because I'm playing at that next level. That doesn't mean they're still not going to use all four safeties. I I think they're going to develop somebody inside the box for a unique role while still playing them at, say, you know, free safety, but also develop certain role for them inside the box. You're asking about when they go to two linebackers earlier? When they go to two linebackers, do they walk a safety up in the box? Manny Diaz likes that. He's going to find one of those guys to do that. So they've got four of them, Jimmy. They've got four starters. Most teams are searching for two. They've got four, and I think all four of them are going to play. I think you make a good point, Andy, that it could be very situational how they oh, use yeah. those guys. Is it? We talked about Jair Brown and what he did for this team, and he did a bit of everything. I mean, he was up on the line. He was blitzing. He was in the box for support there. He was back in coverage. So when you mix and match those four, are there certain skills that one has that another doesn't? So when you're replacing what Jair Brown did, you're not replacing that with one guy. You're replacing that with multiple guys, depending on what the skill set is that you're searching for. I'm with you, though. I'm comfortable with all four of them. And as I mentioned earlier, K.J. Winston is one of those guys I'm going to be rooting for. He's kind of my favorite. All right, Andy, that is it for our show. Next week, we'll be doing a game preview when we get together. Looking forward to that. For now, thank you all for listening to our show. Make sure you join us again next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.